Thank you for checking out Faith City's podcast. We believe you'll be blessed by the Word of God today. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I'm honored to be here and to, and to share this, uh, this next part of this series. And, and beginning this, we started off with love. And really the whole purpose, if, you're, if, you, if this is your first time here and you haven't uh, to catch you up here for this series, really the essence of what we're talking about is the difference between growing in a relationship with God organically. We've used the word organic a lot. Naturally, having a relationship with God naturally or this idea that we've got to do and do and work and work to get God's approval. I mean, you know that's religion. Well, religion to some people is a good word, but in reality, the definition of religion is a return to bondage. And the purpose of Jesus coming was to come and free people from bondage and say, now you have perfect access to the Father. So this is what we're talking about. I haven't gotten started yet. Settle down. All right. All right. No. It's good. Thank you. But so we were talking about love. We went into relationship, service, and worship, which is coming from love. And then now we're going to talk about outreach and growth. And, and over here, you'll see this image. This is the opposite. Now, a lot of people say the opposite of, of love is hate. But actually, what we talked about was the opposite of love is self. Because when, when, when you're full of the love of God and, 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 and it begins to express itself out of you, you're not thinking all about yourself. You're thinking about others. And then we talked about the fact that when you're thinking all about yourself, it's all about your network, your image, your works, instead of it being about relationships, service, and worship. And then the opposite of what we're talking about today is outreach and growth is the idea of reputation and success. How many of you know as a church, it can become all about reputation and success? And that's why we're talking about this, where really what it's all about is outreach and growth. But you say the word success... You know, I've, I've heard that word before, and, and is that really a bad word? It's not. But the definition that we're referring to of success today is the attainment of popularity or profit. The attainment of popularity or profit. So this is the definition that we're saying that if we get too much into this idea, or really the idea of this at all, it really hinders because God's not about popularity and profit. God's all about people. God's all about you. You know, think about this. The reason that God created you. Now think about this for a moment. The reason for your existence. Now this just blows me away when you really think about this. The reason for your existence is so that God could enjoy you. Now think about that. He created you to enjoy fellowship with you. Man, isn't he good? That's the God that we serve. So we're going to talk about this idea of growth and outreach, and they go together, and I'm really going to focus on growth today because the reason why is because I believe that true growth, when we really truly grow in a healthy way with God, outreach is an automatic natural thing that flows from growth. Are you with me? So as you grow in your relationship with God, it's just natural that you're going to want to tell other people about your experience, about, about how good God is to you. Are you with me? 
So we're going to touch on outreach, but it's really going to focus on growth because they go together. So I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 as we start. You probably heard, if you've been around here, you've heard this scripture at least 1,842 times. But if you haven't been here, I want to read it to you anyways. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to share this word. I thank you, Lord, that today our hearts will be changed. I thank you today that we will open our hearts right now and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me from your heart. And God, I thank you that you'll flow from my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, it says this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What we're referring to today is the beginning, in my opinion, of growth And a lot of people, what I'm going to talk about, some of you would say, I've heard this before, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your heart and understand that there is a greater knowledge of some things we already know. All right? So I'm going to talk about the idea of what that process is when we first become born again. Because a lot of times, I'll tell you this, I've spent 20 years being being a Christian, I would say, longer than that, but at least 20 years not knowing what I'm talking about, and, I, and, and growth was really halted. But if you know what I'm about to tell you, your growth will speed up. How many of you like sped up growth? Now, when I talk about growth, some of you are like, oh my goodness, you're talking about, you know, we think about growth, we're talking about, I'm going to go to the gym and work out, and that grows, that grows my muscles, right? Or I'm going to become disciplined, 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 disciplined. Discipline is awesome. But let me say this, write this down. This isn't in your notes on you version, but write this down. Any true change is effortless. I'm going to talk about this because you're looking at me funny right now. True change is effortless. You say, why is that? Why is that? Because how many of you know that you can work out and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to change. I'm going to change my muscles. I'm going to get big. I'm going to get real ripped like Pete. I'm going I'm I'm to tear somebody up, right? So, so how, many, how many of you know what happens, though? How many of you know what happens, though, eventually if you become lazy and you don't work out anymore? See, that wasn't, that wasn't lasting true change at the core. Now, it's good. Work out. Eat right. Be disciplined. It's very important. I agree, right? I didn't say that. Don't, don't tweet that. He didn't. I went to church today, and he said, don't be disciplined, right? Don't you dare. Okay? But true change is at the core. And this is why Jesus came, because Jesus saw all these people doing these things to be, to be uh, before Jesus came, it was all about tradition. It was all about, we've got to follow this and follow this. This was never God's intention. But the covenant with man was that you have to perform these actions to be qualified to be able to be holy before God. Okay? So Jesus came on the scene. He said, listen, we're going to do away with this. And it was a really rough time because these people were fighting at him. And he said, listen, we're going to change the whole system. No longer is it about what you do, but I'm going to do something that's going to change you at the core. It's going to be effortless change. And I'm going to change you at the core to where now it's not about what you do. It's, it's now about what I do in you. And now you grow in the knowledge of what has been done in you. And the change will be effortless. Are you with me? 
Now, some of you have been a believer for a long time. You've never understood this. So the growth has been halted. Because God wants you to grow. But growth, trying to get God to be pleased with you based on your actions, it's not true change. True change is when he changes you at the core, makes you new. You see, God does it better than you do. Right? So are you saying that behavior isn't important? No, I'm saying behavior is extremely important. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a difference between trying to behave and please God than understanding that you're already righteous. And, and now as you gain the knowledge of your right standing with God, your behavior of love flows from that. Are you with me? All right, so let's go over to John chapter 3 because I want to talk about this guy who came to Jesus in this time. And he was a little confused. In John chapter 3, there was a Pharisee, starting in verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. Nick Odemus, the first Irish follower of Christ. That was a horrible joke. And I apologize for that. It was St. Patty's Day last week, though, right? All right. His full first name was Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So this guy was against, he was a part of a group that was against Jesus because they were so stuck in the traditional way of how to please God. And Jesus was coming and saying, hey, there's a new way coming. I'm about to die on the cross and rise again. And at that point, I'm going to make a new species called new creations, children of God. Okay? See, at that time, they didn't, they didn't have the, the experience that we can have now when we, when we receive Christ. They, they, they didn't have that opportunity. So he, he, he says to him in verse 2, uh, he came to Jesus at the night and said, Rabbi, and here, you know, here's how he talks, because this is how all of them talked. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. See, this is how they talked, because they believed in their self-effort that it was good, so they talked in this pious, prideful way. You ever, you ever been around people like that? You ever been around that? Right? Your sins, worse than mine, right? But anyways, this is what he said. In verse 3, Jesus replied, For verily I, say, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, he had a very valid question. In verse 4, how can someone be born when they're old? And then he says, surely they cannot second time enter into the mother's womb to be born. So in other words, he's saying, you're you're talking about being born again. That sounds to me like you're saying, I've got a, how's this going to happen? Am I going to go back into my mother's womb? Way too big for that. You know, how's this going to happen? So Jesus says this. He said, verily I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Now water is referring to being born of a womb. But he says there's this second experience called being born of the Spirit. Now, this may seem kind of spooky and mysterious to some people. Spirit, 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 okay? But here's what God had to do is he had to, because the system was off, people were trying to be right with God with all this stuff, never God's intention. He said, I need to make a new way where you're going to, re- to believe in my son, accept him, and now I'm going to make you new at the core. Okay? Now, this is critical. This is extremely important to your growth. 
Because if you don't understand this, you're going to constantly look at yourself according to things that are not what he did at the core. Okay? All right, so we're going we're gonna to get into this a little bit, but let's finish here. In verse 6, he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So in other words, there is something about you that is not seen or necessarily felt with your senses. I know this sounds mysterious. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, he's getting kind of spooky on me here. But, you know, it's, if you're here, you know, and, and you've heard anything about Jesus, the whole idea of, of Jesus being born of a virgin is kind of weird anyways, right? So don't look at me like that. So here's the deal. There's something on the inside of you that God does when you receive Christ, when you believe in Jesus, when you accept him as Lord, in your spirit. Now, this is very, very important. Let me tell you why. So let's go over to Second, uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So it's an inside job. It's an inside job that God does. And I'm going to tell you why this is so important. Because once you know this, it makes sense. And I'm going to tell you what makes sense. Because there's some confusion that we can have that's like, well, wait a second. How come so-and-so got born again and... The other person got born again, and there's this growth, and then this person, there's not a lot of growth, and we're going to talk about that. So here in Thessalonians 5.23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the reason I wanted to look at this scripture is because I want to introduce you to the idea that your spirit is just one-third of the part of your being. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because if you identify so much with the other parts of you, which are your mind and your body, and that's all you think about, and you don't understand about the new creation that God did, then you will walk through the Christian life and never experience the goodness of God the way that he intended because how can you say, Andy, Andy was, uh, Pastor Andy was doing the, the uh, communion. How can you say that I'm righteous? Because I don't feel very righteous. You're identifying with the other two-thirds of your, of, of your being. Listen to me now. Because this is very important. Because when you, when you receive Christ, here's the thing. When you receive Christ, your spirit is made new. Your spirit, that one-third part of you. But how many of you know your body is not made new? In other words, if you were chubby, fluffy, before you received Christ, you're the same afterwards. If you were skinny, you're still skinny. If you were stupid, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody is. Listen. No, I'm not saying anybody is. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, it's very important. And don't, that's not offensive. I didn't say it to anybody. Listen. If you were smart, you're still smart. So what am I saying here? What I'm saying here is, is that there's one part of you on the inside that is made brand new, and the other two parts are not. Growth in the Christian life is all about how do I find out about the real me on the inside and identify with that instead of identifying with the other two. 
right? There's this old gospel song that says, I looked at my hands and my hands look new, right? How many of you know they didn't? That's wrong. That's incorrect. Now, I think the idea there is, is that when I became born again, things just seemed better. Things seemed peaceful because in my spirit, there was this peace, right? Jesus, God lives in me. So, of course, if you can shut away the, the, um, the distractions that many times are just in our, in our head, then you can very well have this awesome experience. And, and hear this right. The Christian life, receiving Christ, is an amazing experience. But what I'm saying is, is that some people, they receive it, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, my whole life changed. I was on drugs. I was a drug addict. And then, bam, man, God just hit me and all this stuff. And then there's, there's other people that they receive Christ and, and not necessarily. Well, why is that? Because some people are able to cut off the old as far as their mind and what their body used to be accustomed to and focus on this new creation. Are you with me? Now, does this make this person better than the other? Because some people, you know, they, they receive Christ, and, you know, there's people that struggle with their walk with God. Listen to me now. They're just as born again as the other person. Amen. They're just as saved. And we got to be real careful looking at people and saying, oh, you know, you didn't experience, you, you, you must not be born again because you didn't experience growth. Everybody's on a different level of growth. It takes a, a certain amount of time for everyone in a different phase. Are you with me? Depending on your background, depending on all these things. But... The important thing to know is, is that when you can figure this out, when, I, when you can understand what I'm telling you is that your spirit man is made new, then you can begin to see, when you begin to see what growth really is, that's the beginning of true effortless growth. And what true growth is, what Jesus intended was, was that now I'm going to make you new at the core. I'm going to do a perfect job. You're perfectly righteous. You're, you're perfectly loved by God. You have a perfect connection with the Father. Perfect. I said, your spirit man is perfect. One third of you is flawless. That's the real you. But how much are you going to identify and grow in knowledge and understanding of who you really are? That's growth. That's growth. Are you with me? So so I want to show you a picture because some people like pictures. And it it shows this idea of, of body, soul, and spirit But your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So so there's your body. You you obviously understand that part of you. And then there's your spirit, which is the core of you. So obviously when you got saved, you didn't see those other parts change. You know, let me think about it this way. When, when When you see somebody going by in a car that you know and you recognize their car so well, that you're like, I, I can see when they drive by, I know that's them. You're able to say, oh, and, and you know, there's even times where you'll, you'll look at a car go by and you'll say, oh, there's, there's Joe. There's Joe there. How many of you know that that wasn't Joe? That was his car. Well, no, there's a reason I'm saying this. Because, because we see people and we say, oh, hey, hey, there's Pete. You know, how, how many of you know that, that, that earth suit that he's wearing, that's, that's actually not him. That's actually not him. Now, when you die, your body stays. But there's another part of you that we believe. Now, you know, if you're not familiar with, with church or, or, or things like that, I understand that. But, but there's another part of you that we believe goes to see Jesus. That's the real you. 
Now, when you can begin to differentiate between these, you can begin to say when circumstances come, you have peace. Why do I have peace? Because in the midst of the circumstance, I can identify with who I really am. I can begin to, in the midst of, in the midst of disaster, I can, I, can, I can begin to say, man, I have the peace of God on the inside of me. Amen. So how many of you know that, that you're, you're, you know, you would say, well, man, I, don't, I, I only believe what I see. I only believe what I feel. Well, that's fine. How many of you know you've never really seen your face? See, I have. I saw it this morning. I combed my hair. Well, you've seen a reflection of your face in a mirror. You've never actually seen your face. Right? But you believe it. You believe what you look like, don't you? Well, I've seen pictures. That's a reflection. I believe what I see. No, you actually believe what you don't see. So, so there's another part of you that is unseen. And, you know, you have a choice as to whether you're going to believe everything you see, and that's the only thing I believe, or you can have a choice to live above the things that you see. And you can live by the things that God says about you. Right? That's the reflection. You see, you're looking at yourself in a mirror and you're saying, that's what I look like. God has a reflection for you and it's exactly what you look like. It's called the word of God. Right? So this is, this is how we live. We live by the word of God. So I want to talk about three important truths about growing in our walk with God. And number one is just kind of a sum up of everything I just said. Number one, write this down or you'll see it in your notes. Growth is about understanding and gaining knowledge of who we are and what we have in Christ and his great love for us. I'm going to say that again. Growth is about understanding and gaining knowledge of who we are and what we have in Christ and his great love for us. You see, so when it comes to outreach, when you get this, outreach is natural. Because one of the big hindrances to outreach is people don't know who they are. So when it comes to reaching someone else, it's kind of like, I feel really timid about it. I don't even know if I'm qualified. But when you know who you are, you don't have to be a minister to reach out. I mean, everybody in one sense is a minister. I know that. But I'm saying you don't have to be a preacher to reach out. Your coworker can experience the love of God with your relationship with them. So outreach goes along with this. And the reason that this, this is important is because, again, when I started, I said, uh, we think that growth is trying to become something we are not when in reality it is gaining knowledge of who we already are and learning to walk in it. Remember that time when you were trying to find your glasses and looking everywhere, and sure enough, they were on your head. Looking for those keys everywhere, and sure enough, they were right in your hand. You're like, man, oh my goodness, what am I doing? You're looking for peace, you're looking for joy, and it's already within you. You're looking to be righteous before God, but you don't know that it's already within you, right? You're looking for love, and you don't know that the definition of love is already residing on the inside of you. So in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it explains what I just said. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has, how many of you know has, is, is that present, future? No, that's past has blessed us when when we receive Christ actually before that but when you receive Christ you were able to 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 receive it into you he said 
with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You have everything that you'll ever need on the inside of you. You have everything that you need already on the inside of you. Think about technology. How many of you know that the technology that we have today, we have iPads, iPhone, uh, um, drones. I think these drones are really cool. You can go flying over and look at things, right? How many of you know that the, the potential for this technology was here 300 years ago? I said the potential for this technology was here 300 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Are you, do you get what I'm saying? Now you say we've advanced. Yeah, we've advanced, but the potential was there. The potential to be everything that God has created you to be is already on the inside of you. The potential for you to walk over every struggle that you'll ever have in life is already on the inside of you. So it's a matter of growing in the knowledge, and we're talking about that, growing in the knowledge. So number two, growth is not trying to act godly, but instead realizing we already are in Christ. This realization brings godly living. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he said, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, this was already, already done. In other, words, in other words, you're not trying to conform to get to be like God. You're already like God. You're, now, now, keep in mind, we just talked about the three-part being, so you understand your body's not like God necessarily, right? It's not your mind. And your body and mind are not bad. They're just a tool. So some people say, well, man, my body is so bad. If I could just, if I could just get rid of this body, I'd be, I'd be great. No, your body is not bad. Your body is a tool. But what needs to happen is you begin to allow your spirit man to dictate instead of allow your body and mind to dictate. So, so it's not that your body or mind are bad. So in, in verse 30, he says, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Last point about growth. Growth number three says, Growth does not come by Bible knowledge, titles, or gifting, but knowledge of who we are, who God is to us, and walking it out in experience. So it's quite possible that we have an identity crisis. In other words, when I, if I came to you and I asked you, I said, hey, who are you? What, you'd explain your background and all these things, you know, you know well, my family background, and I, you know, I'm Irish like Nicodemus, and all these different things. And, and you'd begin to talk about all these things, and, and you know, uh, your, maybe your makeup, your body, your hair, your, you know, all these different things. And, you know, but the reality is that's not the real you. The real you, once you become born again, is who God says you are in the Word. Okay? And it's really good. I said it's really good. It's awesome. So, so it's possible that we have an issue with our identity. Now, let me, let me finish with this. What about outreach? So, so we've kind of been talking about outreach the whole time because growth is all about outreach. And, and, and as you grow, outreach is a natural thing that you do. And as you begin to know who you are, you begin, you begin to become confident. Now, let me say this about outreach. You don't have to wait until you grow to this great place to outreach. You can outreach right where you're at right now. You say, well, man, I'm hearing you say some of these things, and you know, I want to I want, I want, I grow in, in my knowledge of who I am and God's love for me, and I want to I find these things out. Well, listen, on your journey, express the love that God has, has shown you. Let that be an outreach where you're at, okay? 
So in other words, people wait, you know, 20 years to grow and before, they, before they, they tell their friend about the Lord, right? You can tell them right now. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to have all these scriptures. It doesn't have to have all these, these, these you know, this fluent uh, ability. All it has to do is, listen, I had an experience with God. He changed my life. Jesus is really good. And let me just tell you how good he is. And, and, and he died on the cross for me. Would you like to experience what I've experienced? Right? Something like that. I mean, but, but, and obviously your story is different than everyone else's. You know, a lot of times we, we have this idea that, man, I, man, I, you know, we have these, these people that have these great stories and, and man, it almost makes you want to be a drug addict in the past. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like they're like, man, I got saved and, 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 and I never picked up alcohol, never picked up drugs again. I'm like, man, I don't have a testimony like that. Maybe I should have done drugs. I could tell people about my testimony, right? No, your testimony is powerful in itself, and it, it's unique, and, and, and maybe, maybe it doesn't reach that person the way that that person could have, but your own unique story, when it's real and it comes from your heart and it's authentic, it will reach somebody who doesn't even identify necessarily with you. And your story, if it's authentic and real, can, can reach somebody, anybody. So, so when we know who we are in Christ and we are consumed with God's love for us, outreach is a natural outcome. So let me finish with this, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. I love this scripture because it talks about outreach. And as we grow in the knowledge, what it does. Now, in in Colossians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people. So Paul's writing this letter to a group of people that are beginning to grow in their knowledge of God. And then he says this in verse 5. He says, The faith and love that sprang from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you. Now notice this this last part of this verse. Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So in other words, when when they began to know about God's love for them, when they began to experience God's love for them, it was a natural thing that they began to want to outreach and love other people. Are you with me? So here's the thing. Sometimes we look at at, uh, this idea of outreach and, and we think about, uh, you know, jail ministry, and, and, and we've done that here, and, and it's been a blessing. And we think about people that are missionaries and all these things, you know, and, and, and we, we send, we've sent people, and, and it's been a blessing, and we do things in the community to outreach. Well, you know, the greatest tool of outreach is love expressed through action. It is the most powerful outreach tool the church has. Jesus died for it, the Father commands it, and the Spirit empowers it. In other words, the best thing that you can do to show the love of God is to love the individuals around you. And you know, there will come a day, and it's happened for me, that coworker, you're just showing them the love of God, just being an example. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, doesn't mean you're perfect but you're just an authentic person who's real. And they may even see you hurt sometimes, but the cool thing is they see you hurt and then they see you, they, 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 they notice about you that there's this peace that comes from your heart. And they're just like, man, in the midst of everything they're going through, they still have this peace. 
And when that person, you know, talked bad about him, they, they, just, they just shrugged it off and just loved him anyways. And then one day, you get a question. And the question comes, and now listen, you don't have to wait for that question. I'm not saying that. But sometimes the question comes, they say, what is it about you? They say, I heard you went to church. What do you believe? And in that moment, don't judge people. Don't judge them. Don't be like, well, you know, the reason that that I go to church is, you know, because it's part of my performance to be good with God. And you need to go to church too. Because if you don't, God's not pleased with you. Right? You know, don't do that. Invite them to church. But tell them about God's love. Tell them about God's love. You know, you can scare people and get them to say a prayer. But who knows if their heart really meant it. Right? Or you can authentically, organically, naturally tell them about what God's love has meant to you, what it's done to you. And this is just natural daily outreach. Now, there's other ways that we can outreach, but in our daily life, we can just be loving, just be caring, just be giving toward people. And naturally, eventually, the conversation's gonna come up. Now, again, as I said, if your heart feels led, start the conversation. I'm not saying you have to wait. But love should be what they see. For more information about our ministry here at Faith City, check out faithcity.tv.